Amen. Amen. Today, as part of our service, later on, we are going to be honoring a whole bunch of different people, honoring our graduates who are making big changes in their life, honoring our Sunday school, um, honoring our seasoned saints in a lot of different ways, you'll see. But the good news is that we get to honor all the good work that's been done in the last year, right? We're coming to the end of June, sort of the end of the program year at most churches, and so we take time to look back and to say thank you and to say, good job, and to say, keep going. And and so this is all great things to celebrate and be excited about, but we also need to talk today, this part of our sermon, about the work that still needs to be done, about the work that Jesus is still calling us into and inviting us to participate in. And now I need to pause before we even get started to just make sure I make it very clear. There's still work for us to be done, but... God's work always comes first. What God does for us, the forgiveness of our sins, the grace that God extends to us, is always the first point that we make. We do not work our way up to God. All right? Many theologians for many years have been very clear about this. It is not up to us to work our way up to God. God comes down to us. And when God extends us grace and mercy and forgiveness... It changes and transforms our hearts so much that we can't help but respond with good works. And so we need to make this very clear because I'm going to be talking about all the work we have to do a lot. But I wanted to start by saying it begins with grace. And in light of and in response to that grace, Jesus invites us to do the work of the kingdom day after day, year after year. So all of this is to say that we will be looking at Luke Chapter 9, verse 51 through 62. It's on page 60 in your pew Bibles if you want to start opening up. And I've titled this sermon, Jesus Still Needs Disciples. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. Amen. All right, open up those Bibles to page 60 in the Pew Bibles, or if you've got it on your phone, that's great. You brought your own Bible. As always, you get bonus points this morning. Um, Stand up with me, too. We always stand when we read the gospel out of reverence uh, for the ways that Christ is present with us when we read the scriptures in community. This is Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 51. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him, and on their way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord... Do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked his disciples, and then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But this man said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. 
And another said to Jesus, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Friends, this is the good news. It's the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. So this verse, this uh, pericope that we just read from Luke at the end of Luke's chapter 9, it is a turning point in the gospel. Verse 51 talks about how Jesus has turned and set his face towards Jerusalem. And scholars have looked at this moment and realized that up to this point, Jesus has just kind of been wandering around teaching and healing in different villages. But from this point on in Luke's gospel, Jesus will be on a clear mission and a clear path towards Jerusalem. And so, as we see at the end of this passage, now that Jesus is kind of very clear on the direction that his mission is headed, he's starting to call some disciples together. He's starting to get a little more organized along the way. And so this moment that we just read really is a turning point in the gospel when things start to change. But but more so than that, the whole entirety of Luke chapter 9 is actually rich with all sorts of details, all sorts of stories that really give us a picture of who Jesus is and what he's about. And so I want to kind of go through some of these things today with you to look at some of the stuff that comes before in chapter 9 of Luke's Gospel. And, and this is a little trick, a cheat code that they teach you in seminary. If you're ever having trouble understanding a particular Bible passage, it's always a good idea to look at what comes before it and what comes after it to kind of get the context and fill in the details. So we're going to be doing a little bit of that this morning because the context is actually very, very interesting. And what I want us to remember, though, As we work our way through chapter 9 and some of its themes, I want us to remember that these stories that have happened in the past are still happening today. The scripture is a living document, the living word of God. It's not just an old book that sits on a shelf that we read when we want to feel a little bit better about ourselves. The themes of scripture continue to happen even in 2019 in the city of Philadelphia. And so we're going to be talking about this a lot, about the good things and the bad things that we find in chapter 9 that are still taking place in our world today. Because the scriptures continue to happen. Okay, so for example, if you will. Early on in Luke chapter 9, we hear this great story about Jesus. And he's out and around teaching and healing like I said he was doing. And he's on this hillside, and there's about 5,000 people there or so who are listening to him and having their sick healed. And all of a sudden, some of Jesus' disciples say, like, hey, Jesus, it's lunchtime. And then the disciples say, there's about 5,000 people here today, and we're not really sure how we're going to be able to feed them. We've got a hunger problem, Jesus, and we're not sure what to do about it. And Jesus says, okay, don't worry about it. I got this covered. The boy comes up, gives him some fish and some loaves, and Jesus blesses it and breaks it and distributes it. And as you know, miraculously, all 5,000 people were fed with baskets full left over. Okay, okay. So so then moving along, stay with me here. Moving along in chapter 9, later on, someone will come to Jesus and they'll say, Jesus, my son is possessed by a demon. And, And they say, we asked your disciples to heal this, this demon, to cast it out, but they couldn't do it. So you see, we, we've, got a, we've got a healthcare problem here. 
right? We've got a health care problem. The son is sick. He's possessed by demons. We might call it a lep- or we might call it, uh, he might be having seizures today. We're, you know, who knows exactly the details of it? But we've got a health care problem, and the disciples have no idea how to fix it. And Jesus is a little frustrated with the disciples. He's like, okay, I've got it. He heals the son, casts out the demon, and they continue on their way. Which brings us to our reading for this morning, all right? In our reading this morning, Jesus and his disciples are trying to enter a town. But the town decides they will not receive them. Now, here's the thing, church. Rejection is often a difficult thing to handle, right? If you've ever been turned down for a job, if you've ever been turned down by a school that you applied to or something like that, if you've ever had someone end a relationship with you, you know that the pain of rejection is often something really hard to deal with. Now, what you might remember as well, before I served here as your pastor, began serving here as your pastor, I was the director of admissions at the seminary down the street. So I got to be the one to decide to admit or reject people all the time, all the power. No, but the truth is, the truth is what happened more often than me telling a student they couldn't come to the school. What happened most often was I would extend an offer of admission to a student and they would decide to go somewhere else. Now, I'm not saying this happened a lot of the time, so I was pretty good at my job, but every now and then, someone would come along, I'd work with them through the whole process, and then they'd say, like, hey, thanks, but no thanks, I'm going somewhere else. And the code that I'd have to type into our computer system was rejected offer. And these always kind of stung me a little bit. You better believe that I remembered those names of the students who rejected me for far longer than I should have. And so, yeah, rejection's hard to deal with. But I got to admit, while I would be pretty upset when someone rejected our offer of admission, I never quite took things to the level that the disciples do in our gospel passage this morning. Because when the disciples leave that town and they hear that they're not welcome there, their response is, hey, Jesus, what do you say we call fire down from heaven and destroy the entire village? Isn't it funny how the disciples had no idea how to handle a hunger crisis? They had no idea how to handle a health care problem. But the moment they get rejected, they know immediately how to call fire down from heaven to destroy an entire group of people. Now remember, I told you that we need to pay attention to the ways that the scriptures keep happening, right? The scriptures are still happening today. And isn't it interesting how here in 2019, we seem to have no idea how to solve hunger problems. We seem to have no idea how to solve health care problems. But then the moment something goes wrong, people have no trouble responding to rejection with violence. Just like the disciples. Domestic violence, mass shootings, violent crime. People who are hurting or who have been rejected, are often the ones committing these crimes. Our city is plagued by gun violence. Plagued by gun violence, and it seems to only be getting worse. One person ticks off another person, and then that guy grabs a gun, and things are changed forever. And we know this to be true in 2019, because we hear it on the news every single night, don't we? But look what I'm trying to show us. What I'm trying to show us is that the scriptures have this happen too. 
with Jesus' own disciples, we see this very tendency, this human tendency to respond to our own hurts with acts of great violence. That's in the Bible, and of course, that's still in our world today. But make no mistake, make no mistake, this is not the way of Jesus. Jesus rebukes those disciples, and he rebukes our society's obsession with guns and bloodshed. Repaying rejection with destruction is never the way of Christ. But okay, okay, back to our story. So in Luke chapter 9, we've got hunger problems and healthcare problems and problems with violence. And you see what I'm saying is that the scriptures are still happening. We're still dealing with the same human problems 2,000 years later. And this is all just a setup for what Jesus is trying to do in the second half of our gospel reading this morning. Because in our second half, Jesus is recruiting disciples to follow him. Jesus is calling people and he's making it clear to them that the work we have to do is not going to be easy. To one would-be disciple, Jesus says, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, the work we are calling to do, being called to do, is not going to be easy. To another would-be disciple, Jesus says, no one puts their hand to the plow and looks back. In other words, we can't be living in the past, church. We can't be living and wishing for the past if we're going to be following Jesus into the future. Jesus makes it clear. The work we have to do is too important for our world. It's too important for us to just be making different excuses. I'll focus on Jesus once I'm retired, we might say. I'll do more around the church once I get my house in order. I'll commit to my faith just a little bit more once the kids grow up a little bit. I'll volunteer some more once things go back to the way they used to be. I'm sorry to say, church, but Jesus makes it clear. We can't keep making excuses. We can't keep looking back to the past. Jesus is moving forward on his mission, and he's inviting us to follow him right now. Today. Because we've got health care problems and hunger problems and violence problems in our world, and it's too important for us to put it off any longer. Now is the time, Reformation, Were you looking for a sign because you're getting it here this morning? Now is the time to start following Jesus more fully. Stop making your excuses. Now is the time to really committing to living your life of faith every single day. Now is the time to show compassion like Jesus did. Now is the time to show acceptance like Jesus did. Now is the time to show love like Jesus did. And now is the time... To actually deal with your own hurt and pain so that you stop hurting other people. Reformation, we've got work to do. And Jesus says that now is the time. So we need to, myself included, we need to stop looking back and stop making excuses. Okay, okay, one more thing. Jesus also wants to make sure we know that we're going to screw this all up. Okay? Now's the time to follow Jesus, but we'll never do that perfectly. And so we also need to remember that even when we get our minds caught in the past, even when we make too many excuses, even then Jesus is still willing to love us and forgive us and willing to invite us again to follow him down a better path. 
for the sake of the world. That's why Jesus is still calling us to follow him today, right? The scriptures are still happening here this morning. We've all made mistakes already. We've all not gotten it quite right. But because of the grace of God, we all get another chance. Another chance to recommit. A chance to try again. Because frankly, Jesus knows that there's too much need in the world for him to give up on us. There's too much need in the world for us to just call it quits. We've got a hunger problem in 2019, church. And there's a lot of people who are just standing around and saying, how are we going to ever feed all these people? And we've got a health care problem in 2019, church. And there's a lot of politicians saying, we have no idea how to solve this. And we've got a crisis at the border, church, and children in cages with no toothbrushes or clean diapers, and no one seems to know how to fix this problem. But then, of course, then, of course, the moment that I ran so much as blinks funny, we've got people saying, let's call down fire from above and destroy them. Don't you see, Reformation, the scriptures are still happening. And that's why Jesus still needs disciples. Because there's so much work left to do. One last thing. For the longest time, I thought that Jesus' words to the one would-be disciple in this gospel passage were just so cruel and confusing. The one guy who just says to Jesus, I just want to bury my father. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. It always struck me as such a heartless response. But I realized something. Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead because the only thing that Jesus is concerned about is life. Jesus came to bring release to the captives and sight to the blind and food for the hungry and healing to the demon-possessed and proper treatment to the immigrants and an end to the cycles of violence. Jesus came to bring a better way of life for everyone in this world. This was Jesus' mission and this still is Jesus' mission. Because the scriptures are still happening, church. The scriptures are still happening, and we are invited again today to be Jesus' disciples. To be the ones who bring healing and wholeness and peace to a hurting world. Amen.